Welcome back to the Swinging Blindly Podcast, episode 17. I'm Blaze Bryant, flying solo while PJ Geary is on an all-star break. He's on vacation with his family. I hope he's having a good time. Facebook.com slash Swinging Blindly Podcast on Twitter at Swinging Blindly. Streaming live on the ColorCast Apple app. And available wherever you get your podcasts. Hope you are doing well. Hope you had a great July 4th weekend. For me, it was a pretty low-key one. Um, Got some stuff done around here and went to see a play with with a few friends and family. So all good stuff. Got to catch a little bit of baseball. It was a little weird. The Yankees being off. But they were in Pittsburgh yesterday, as I'm taping this Wednesday, so they wrap up their two-game series uh, tonight against the Pirates. A few quick things here since I'm flying solo. I will do my very best to keep up with the chat messages and uh, the, the various requests. If I miss something, I apologize in advance, as you may know. I am completely blind, and I am reading my screens here via a uh, Braille keyboard. So if I miss something on the colored cast or in the chat, apologies in advance. What you're going to get with me is hopefully an entertaining show. Uh, I've got some headlines here that I'll read here in just a second. We'll talk about those. From the booth is going to be a little bit uh, spread out. I have a bunch of audio Reason being, that allows me, as I'm playing a clip, to look at the chat and respond to you and and even uh, punch you up so that you can be on the show. So I look forward to getting to your calls here in just a few minutes here on the Swinging Blindly podcast. Maybe PJ will be able to call in. I'm not 100% sure. All depends on what he's up to. Speaking of being up to things, it is home plate. Well, if I were a bit more prepared, I would have started that from the beginning, which I will do right now. It is time for our home plate headlines on this July 6th. Who's on first? Who is on first? Time is running out to vote on the MLB All-Star Game starters. You have until Friday, July 8th at 2 o'clock Eastern. You can vote right on MLB.com. Aaron Judge of the Yankees and the Braves' Ronald Acuna Jr. are penciled into the starting lineups for the American and National Leagues, respectively. The Midsummer Classic is Tuesday, July 19th at Dodgers Stadium. What's on second? What's on second tragedy for Toronto? The Blue Jays announced that their first base coach is stepping away from the team. Mark Budzinski's daughter, Julia, died in a boating accident. She was just 17 years old. Condolences. I don't know who's on third. I don't know where Andrew Benintendi will end up at the trading deadline. Do you? Multiple reports say that the Kansas City Royals are expected to deal the left fielder to a contender. Ben Intendi is hitting 313 with three home runs this season. And that is what's happening 
for your home plate headlines on this July 6th on the Swinging Blindly podcast. All right. The interesting stuff there that uh, we'll get to. I'll start with the, you know, the first one here with the uh, All-Star game. And as I said, Aaron Judge most definitely deserving to be penciled into the starting lineup already. Ronald Acuna, he came back from injury. And it to me, this just shows how much the fans tend to vote by name. And yes, Acuna has come back and had some success, but the reality is there are players like Mookie Betts, to me, is someone who should have been in that position or maybe even a Paul Goldschmidt, for that matter. I don't understand why. Ronald Acuna is already guaranteed a spot. Again, not saying he hasn't earned it in the time he's been off the injured list, but the the simple reality is that there are players that have played more games and he doesn't deserve to be in that position. I was looking at some of the uh, races here as I'm pulling it up here so that I'm not completely spouting this off the top of my head like a blithering idiot here as I'll go through this here position player by uh, position player. Again, you have until Friday at 2 p.m. So if you're Eastern, so if you're hearing this live, a little less than 48 hours. If you're catching this on the podcast when it drops at noon Eastern tomorrow, then, of course, that gets shaved down a little bit. Um, let's see here. Let's start with the uh, catching positions here in the American League. Then we'll get to the National League. Alejandro Kirk of the Blue Jays. He has 74% of the vote, so it looks like he, over Jose Trevino of the Yankees, will be the starting catcher. Uh, Kirk is uh, one of six Blue Jays, actually, to make the second phase of the voting along with his teammate Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He, like I said, it's a pretty big margin for Trevino to make up. And even though I am a Yankee fan, I will say that Kirk, to me, has had the more consistent, the more sustained uh, body of work. And yeah, Trevino's been an absolutely sensational player for the Yankees, no question about it. But the reality is Kirk deserves to be where he is. Let's see here. First base, you have Vladimir Guerrero Jr. with a 66% uh, over the uh, of the votes over Seattle's Ty France at 34%. Vlad, not having the year he did last year, but, hey, he's still a hell of a player and vying for his second consecutive All-Star game start. 
At second base, you have Jose Altuve of the Astros with 56% of the votes. Santiago Espinal of the Blue Jays, 44%. Again, if, say, Trevino or Espinal or uh, Ty France, if they lose out on this, that doesn't mean that they're not making the team. That just means that they're not going to be a starter. And... The fans vote on the starters, and then I believe it's, you know, the players and the managers and whatnot who make up the rest of the roster. At third base, you have Rafael Devers with 58% for the Red Sox. Jose Ramirez of the Cleveland Guardians with 42%. I'll tell you, it's pretty amazing, and I get to see Devers a fair amount because... Well, the Yankees and Red Sox play each other 18, 19 times a year. His growth as a player on both sides of the ball has been significant, in particular his defense. I believe he's always been able to hit uh, initially when he came up. Like, oh my gosh, this, this guy couldn't catch a cold. But he's really turned himself into a pretty good third baseman. I mean... All you have to see is this. Um, I mean, both Devers and Ramirez, top five. They're in the top five in the American League in extra bases, total bases, and on base percentage. Devers, if he gets it, it'll be his second all-star selection, whereas Ramirez, it'll be his fourth midsummer classic. At shortstop... You have Tim Anderson of the White Sox. He has 54% over Bo Bichette of the Blue Jays, 46%. And Tim Anderson, like him or not, adds a lot of excitement to the game. And it'll be interesting. I mean, we'll likely see him regardless, uh, whether he's a starting shortstop or not. Although I would imagine that at this point, He's going to get it over uh, Bo Bichette. Let's see here. The outfield. Now, the way this is set up here, because Aaron Judge got one of the starting outfield spots, you have four players vying for two spots. You have Mike Trout of the Angels with 39%, Giancarlo Stanton of the Yankees with 22%, George Springer right on his heels at 21%. And Loris Guriel Jr. of the Blue Jays with 18%. So it looks like Trout is definitely getting one of those spots. And it's a three-horse race between Stanton and the two Blue Jays, Springer and Guriel. Now on to the, or I'm sorry, designated hitter. It's like uh, Shohei Otani. Oh, actually, this is pretty close. He has 50%. Jordan Alvarez of the Astros, neck and neck with them. They're at 50%. I mean, it's that's cool to see. And the way this is written here on MLB.com, it only makes sense that the battle between Otani the reigning AL MVP, and Alvarez, arguably the game's best hitter right now, is currently a dead heat. Yeah, I mean, 
Alvarez has just been beasting the ball lately. So even though certainly not an Astro fan, good to good to see a nice competitive battle there. On to the National League. Wilson Contreras of the Cubs, he is 65% of the vote. Darno of the Braves with 35. So it looks like Contreras has the starting catcher spot on lockdown. You have Goldschmidt of PJ's Cardinals, 66% over Pete Alonzo with the Mets with 34%. Looking good for Goldie, as it should. He's had a substantially better year, and at this point, certainly for me, is the MVP of the National League. Jazz Chisholm of the Miami Marlins, he's leading the race at second base, 59%. Ozzie Albies of the Braves with 41%. Um, let's see here. I mean, both of them are, are injured right now. So it looks like here, according to the report that I'm seeing here, looks like Jazz Chisholm has a chance to get back before the All-Star game. And if he were to make it in, he'd be the fifth Marlin to start in an All-Star game. The others, Hanley Ramirez, who started three times, Giancarlo Stanton did it twice, Marcelo Zuna twice, Gary Sheffield, I forgot he was a Marlin until I read this. He started once for the fish. Manny Machado at third base has a 51-49 to lead over Nolan Arenado. That's going to be close. Let's look at the outfield here. Da, 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 da. Here on the Swinging Blindly podcast, Blaze Bryant flying solo you know, go past all this ad stuff here. And I got a little ahead of myself here. The shortstop, uh, Dansby Swanson, what's his percentage here? 51% over Trey Turner's 49%. Swanson with the Braves, Trey Turner with the Dodgers. Now we can go to the outfield here. Again, same sort of setup as it was in the American League. Mookie Betts has 35%. Jock Peterson of the Giants, 31 Starling Marte of the Mets has 20 Adam Duvall of the Braves has 14 So if the race is ended right now, then you would see outfield in the National League of Acuna, um, Mookie Betts, and Jock Peterson. So interesting stuff here. A couple of a, a couple of the other headlines that we talked about here, of course, condolences to the the Blue Jays and to the first base coach Mark Bedzinski's uh, family as they tragically lost their daughter Julia in a boating accident. Seventeen-year-old kid, multi-sport athlete. Member of the Honor Society, volunteered with people or volunteered with the people with disabilities, just by all accounts and and some of the stuff I was reading, just a really really uh, good kid. And I I all you can do is hope for the family that they are able to take comfort in the fact that she lived what seemed to be a, a 
very good quality life that ended far too soon. And Andrew Benintendi, where is he going to end up? Certainly the Yankees need outfield help. Of course, if the price is right, not to sound like I'm announcing the showcase showdown, but that's the way it is. I mean, yeah, Joey Gallo has been an utter disappointment. That is undebatable or indisputable is, <laughs> is the better English word there. I've been up since 3.30 this morning. So if words just escape me, sorry. Um, and the Brewers, amongst other teams, I mean, the Royals, they are rebuilding. Benintendi's a free agent, so you can get them relatively cheap, I would think. I know what the Yankees do. He's batting 313, as I mentioned in the bulletin at the top of the show. Three home runs. I mean, obviously, that's not a great total, but you're batting 313, in my opinion, especially with how offense has been down in the sport. That's really damn good. So, interesting stuff there, no doubt about it. Uh, now let's head to the booth. As I said, we're going to sprinkle some of these throughout the show as I have a bunch of audio, which will allow me to look at your chat messages on ColorCast. Let's see here. We're going to start with... Uh, Here's a couple here from the Yankees-Guardians game over the weekend. If you've been paying attention to the Yankees radio network, well, John Sterling, he has not really been uh, traveling. Some of that is, I think, you know, his, his terms. So part of it is the fact that the Yankees are looking for a successor and filling in, Susan Waldman will introduce her pinch-hitting Copanera over these past few days. We are coming to you live from the Provident Broadcast booth, and as DJ LeMay, who steps up to the plate with me for these next five games, is the voice of the New York Islanders, and now play-by-play for the New York Yankees. Here is Brendan Burke. Well, thank you so much, Susan. This is a special moment for me. For everybody else, it's game number 78, game <laughs> one of a doubleheader here in Cleveland. The first pitch of the game from Kirk McCarty to DJ LeMahieu is outside for ball one. I know that's really not a thrilling call on the Yankees radio network, but what I like about it is the fact Brendan Burke, voice of the New York Islanders, as Susan pointed out, he's done some NHL play-by-play on the national side of things. He's just a really professional announcer. And he did exactly what you should in that moment. Did not get wrapped up in it. Called the pitch and carried on. Now, later on in the game, now it was 10-2. Aroldis Chapman came off the injured list on Saturday. And Tom Hamilton of the Cleveland Guardians. How did he look? Now the set, now the payoff to Leon. Oh, he walked him again on a slider. And the bases are loaded with nobody out on three walks. And Aaron Boone says, you know what? We'll get you sharp some other day. How a 
about this, the Yankees have to go to another relief pitcher in the seventh inning. Chapman didn't even wait for Boone to get to the mound. He was already on the grass walking to the dugout. And that's not a good look. Wow. So, 10-2 Yanks. We'll be back. We'll be back is uh, right. Tom Hamilton, the great Tom Hamilton. I absolutely love listening to him. He's really one of the best announcers, in, in, in my opinion, right now in MLB. Uh, I was just looking at the color cast. Don't have anyone to punch up yet, but it's, it's early. We'll get there. Facebook.com slash Swinging Blindly Podcast on Twitter on Swing or at Swinging Blindly. Blaze Bryant flying solo as PJ Geary is on vacation. Now, this is an interesting one here. Uh, let me find the other Hamilton call that I wanted to play here. It was against the Minnesota Twins and the Guardians. Ended it with one swing of the bat. Here's the payoff delivery. Swung on, hit high, hit deep to right center. Did he do it? Goal! A walk-off, towering two-run home run to right center. Again, Tom Hamilton on the call as the Guardians in walk-off fashion. Hey, they're right there with the Twins. I believe they're... uh, I'll go around the standings here and zip around the league and go over all that stuff here in, in just a second. But this is a Guardians team that undoubtedly is... I don't want to say playing over their head, but it certainly helps when you have... Terry Francona as your manager, who, in my opinion, is is just the, the best right now. Um, it it helps, no, no doubt about it. Whether they'll be in it at the end, of course, that's anyone's guess, really. But for now, hey, you you enjoy it under your new name. So I'll get to more audio from the booth here in a little bit here. I want to quickly go through the, the standings. And of course, the, the Yankees, they're up big. 58 and 23. Um, which is just, I mean, they have a 716. So that means they've won 71.6% of their games. I mean, it's, Incredible, despite being six and four in their last ten games, a uh, little bit of a blip, two-game losing streak. But the Red Sox—I mean, this was a team that at the beginning of the season 
They look dead. Now they're 9 over 500, 45 and 36, with a 556 winning percentage. They're 13 games back. Unfortunately for them, they've split 5 and 5 in their last 10 games. They're dealing with some injuries and uh, we'll we'll get to them in a little bit. You have the the Rays. They're at 44 and 37. 14 games back. Toronto, they're at 45 and 38. How many games back are they? Well, they're right there with Tampa. And then you have the Baltimore Orioles, who are 38 and 44, which, hey, I mean, for Baltimore to be in that position, not bad. I mean, I don't want to say that they're playing over their heads by any stretch because they're last in the division. But the fact is, they're six under 500, which is a lot better than we thought they would be. Now, you look at the Central. Minnesota, they're 47 and 38. They just lost uh, nine, eight game to the White Sox in extra innings. And was just before we went on, or I went on here, they, I, I mean, I, I had the game on. And as I said, hey, Cleveland, they're an even 40 and 40. Can't get more even than that. They're four and a half games back. And then you have the Chicago White Sox. They are 39 and 41, two games under. They're five and a half games back, so... They're, they're a game off of Cleveland's heels. And then you have two of the bottom feeders in the league, Detroit, 34 and 47, 13 under 500. They're not going anywhere. 11 games back in the Central. Then you have Kansas City, 29 and 50. I'm not even going to talk about them. That's just how pathetic they have looked. Uh, Houston. They're 53-27, and second-best record in the American League. I just see this correctly? Seattle's in second. Everyone else in the West, is, with the exception of Houston, is under 500. Seattle's 41-42. and They are 13-and-a-half behind Houston. Then you have the Rangers at 37-42. and 15 and a half back. The Angels, fourth place Angels, 37 and 45, 17 games back. Wow. Imagine that. You spend all that money and you suck that bad. And then you have the Oakland A's, worst record in the American League, 28 and 56. They've won a third of their games. I mean, to get rid of a really good nucleus of talent. I mean, they, they burned it to the ground. They, they really did. And that's a team, I, I don't know what they're doing. The priority should be get the hell out of Oakland, not rebuilding the team. Because that stadium's a dump, an absolute dump. All likelihood, they're going to go to Las Vegas. So, and, and I'm sorry. Not, not that I'm a fan of having a baseball team in Vegas, just there's something about that. Maybe it's just me. It feels a little weird. But hey, it's 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 better than anything is better than 
that dump that they're in, that makes Tropicana Field, where the Rays play, makes it seem like a paradise. And that is not exactly what you want to see. All right, the Mets, 50-31. and 31. They're leading the National League East. Atlanta right on their heels, 48-34. and 34. It Took them a little bit to get over the uh, hangover of the World Series. Losing Freddie Freeman, getting Matt Chapman. Or I'm sorry, Matt Olson. Matt Chapman's in Toronto. I got my Oakland Mats mixed up again. I mean, hey, I just talked about it. Uh, the Braves are two and a half back, and they're bashing right now. Then you have Philadelphia, 43 and 38, seven games back. And then you have Miami and Washington. In the Central, it's it's a it's a two team race. Uh, oh my my phone scrolled on me here a little bit here. I got to get the the Central standings back up. Here we go. Milwaukee's in the lead, forty seven and thirty seven, six and four in their last ten, and then you have St. Louis. They're forty four and thirty nine. They are two and a half games back, and then the rest of the Division, Chicago, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, well under 500. And in the West, you have the Dodgers, 51 and 29. No shock, there they are where they are. The Padres, they are in second, 47 and 36. That puts them five and a half games back. You have the Giants. They have a record of 40 and 39, so they're barely over 500, 10 and a half games back. Colorado, or I'm sorry, Arizona, then Colorado. Chris Bryant finally hit a freaking home run for the Rockies. Um, That just tells you how bad they are. The way the playoffs set up, now if I understand this correctly, and if anyone is out there listening and, I'm wrong on this, then then call me out on it. And I'll I'll get to more from the booth here in Yeah, okay, so here we go. It's actually right here. <laughs> Under my index finger, the two top division winners in each league will receive buys into the divisional series. So right now, if the season were to end today in the American League, that would be the Yankees with the best record, Houston with the second best record. In the National League, that would be the Dodgers and the Mets, first and second, respectively. And then, let's see, the other four teams in each league will play best of three series in the wild card round with the higher seed hosting all three games. So what that means is your divisional, then you have the the other divisional teams. So... It, ironically, it ends up being both the central teams. The the Brewers, they would host a wild card game. So would the Twins. So they got rid of the dopey one and done thing, which I think is good. I mean, this isn't the NFL, so that that's good to see. I mean, you have twelve out of thirty teams making it in, which is also good. I mean, hey, I, I understood, you know, a couple of years ago when 
over half the league made it in. It was a 60-game COVID season. I get it. You know, we didn't have baseball for a couple of months. And more was good. You needed something to entertain the masses. Uh, looking at the wild card. Now, I'm just going to kind of prognosticate this from my own stuff here. Boston is the top wild card team. Tampa's in second. Toronto's in third. I mean, how about that? So right now, Boston, or I'm sorry, Toronto. Yeah, so all so four teams in the American League East would would make it in. Yeah, because you have your divisional and then your three wild cards. So the way I am, I'm, so if the season ended today, Minnesota would host Toronto, Boston would host Tampa Bay. <laughs> Not bad. Cleveland, they're three and a half games back. They're by no means out of it. The Mariners are, they're four games back. The White Sox, four and a half. And then, let's see here. Da, 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 da. Texas is six. They don't really have the horses. And then it just kind of free falls from there. Baltimore, six and a half games back. That says one of two things. Either, I mean, it is amazing to see how many teams are under 500. But Baltimore is in a better position than the Angels. I mean, I, I don't mean to sit here and crap on the Angels at every possible opportunity. But all the money they've spent, all the desperate moves they've made, they're wasting Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. There is no other way to put that. Anthony Rondon barely stays healthy. They paid him a bunch of money. It's just a disgrace. And then Detroit, Kansas City, Oakland, eh, 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 no shot in hell for either one of them. Detroit is 10 back. Kansas City is... Oh, I just had it. I 14 back. And then Oakland. My gosh, they're 17 and a half games back. Looking at the National League. So again, if the season ended today, Milwaukee would host Philadelphia. Atlanta would host San Diego. So right now, Atlanta, San Diego, Philly are your top three wildcard teams. And because Milwaukee, out of the three divisional teams has the worst record that's why they would be able to host uh philadelphia i would not give the phillies a fight and chance there maybe if rb is uh listening and i get to talk with him in a little bit uh maybe he'll have a different take i mean the cards they let's see here uh uh da, 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 da. yep 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 hang on did i I don't know if I read this correctly. Yeah, Atlanta, San Diego, Philly. Uh, um, let's see here. Yeah. Um, wait. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I I did I did foobar. Yeah. No. 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 I'm sorry. Ah. All right. I 
PJ needs to come back next week. And then you have San Francisco. Uh, they're two and eight in their last ten. Not able to see how. And then you have Miami, Arizona, Colorado, Chicago, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Washington. So, I mean, you certainly you know Washington, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, the Cubs, Colorado, Arizona. I'm even going to say Miami, they're out of it. So those are seven teams I'm eliminating right away. Uh, so let's head back to the booth here as I uh, switch this over here. Blaze Bryant flying solo here on the Swinging Blindly podcast. And, oh, my gosh, do I really feel like I'm flying solo. Um, let's see here. I want to play this. Okay, this happened on July 4th in Chicago. The White Sox seemed like they were celebrating a little bit too much and the Twins took advantage here because it seemed like the White Sox forgot how to run the bases. This is courtesy of Twins Radio. Two on, nobody out. And the 0-2 pitch, a fly ball, right center field, deep. Byron going back, still going. That ball is going to be caught by Buxton at the fence. And the White Sox are going to run themselves out of the inning if the Twins pick up the baseball. Urshela tags it, grabs a runner there, steps on first, and now that's going to be a triple play. The White Sox implode as they run themselves all over the field. And Chicago only scores one run. Adam Angle was running. Johan Moncada was running. They forgot that the best center fielder on the planet is in the game. Byron Buxton caught that ball in right center field. He gloved it, and the White Sox at that point had two runners near third base. He threw it back in, missed the cutoff man. Urshela, though, then gloved it and tagged out Moncada, and then the throw went to first base to double off Another man, and the White Sox run themselves out of a potential game-changing inning. Yes, they did. And again, thanks to Twins Radio for that call, and it's a good one. On the north side of Chicago, the Red Sox, they've been struggling. They lost Friday and Saturday to the Cubs, but got a gift on Sunday. One and one the count to Trevor Story. The pitch. Little chopper out front of the plate. The catcher that gives way to the pitcher who throws it away. And here comes the go-ahead run. Here comes another run home. And the throw to the plate is spiked and scoring as well. On the play, the Red Sox get two. Arroyo scoring after Dahlbeck. Oh, what a gift for the Red Sox. They lead it 4-2. A little dribbler. The catcher came out. Higgins, the pitcher, took charge. Wick picked it up and he threw it down the right field line. It was such a wild throw. It hit the tarp on the fly and the Red Sox lead it 4-2. A gift. A gift courtesy of a bad throw and it had a storybook ending. Had to do it because it was Trevor's story. Had to. Uh, Let's see here. I have a couple more here. Another reason why I love Tom Hamilton, uh, because I I did not play this, and I'm going to right now. Or or did I did I play this? Yeah, I, I think I did play. Th- uh, well, if not, I I love this call so much. I'm gonna play it again. Guardians Radio against the Twins on Thursday. 
Here's the payoff delivery. Swung on, hit high, hit deep to right center. Did he do it? Goal! A walk-off, towering two-run home run to right center for Andre Jimenez. And it will be another home plate celebration. The second consecutive walk-off game-winning home run against Minnesota. And an incredible eight-game stretch against Minnesota saw Cleveland win five times and all five wins in their last at-bat. How about that? I mean, that's it's pretty impressive. Um I think I know why I'm not seeing anyone uh, come up on ColorCast because I inadvertently started the cast before, and I don't know if it reset. So maybe that's an issue, uh, and I, I apologize for that. I was aiming to share the cast, and then it just uh, it started it on me uh, as uh, on the ColorCast uh, live stream here. One more. From the booth, the Declaration of Independence was signed Independence Hall in Philadelphia. How fitting, on July 4th weekend, the Cardinals had a firework display of their own that you can put in the history books. Next delivery is hit hard down the left field line, and that ball is gone. A home run just snuck over the wall in Arenado has homered here in the first inning. The Cardinals have a 2-0 lead. Home run number 16 for Arenado. And that was of the line drive variety. There's a long one to right field off the bat of Nolan Gorman. And that is long gone. Big fly Gorman. Back-to-back home runs for the Cardinals here in the first. And it's 3-0 Redbirds. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's at least 400 feet. The one-two pitch is hit high and deep down the left field line towards the wall, and it's gone! Back to back to back! Big fly one, Yepes! And the Cardinals lead four to nothing. Arenado, Gorman, and Yepes have homered back to back to back. Here in Philadelphia, and plenty of Cardinal fans here absolutely love it. The 1-0 pitch is hit high and deep to right. He did it. He did it. Carlson hits it off the scoreboard. Four home runs in a row for the Cardinals. Arenado, Gorman, Yepes, and now Dylan Carlson hits his fifth. Unbelievable. What a display of power for the Cardinals. Well, this is a first for me. No doubt. I'm sure it's a first for Kyle Gibson, too, and he's got a front row seat for it. Happy birthday to Ollie Marmel. When he wrote the lineup card down, I don't know if he had four home runs in a row in the back of his mind. Can you have a better birthday present than that? Cardinals radio on the call. Great stuff by them. I know that was about two minutes, but 
it was the best I could do to encapsulate the four home runs and the analysis of the call after. I mean, hey, that's that's why I do this show. That's why PJ and I do this show here, the Swinging Blindly podcast, because, hey, talking baseball is awesome. Whether (laughs) we have people listening on ColorCast or not, I mean... You, you, you know, you are in control of, <laughs> you know, the only thing you can control is, is the product that you're putting out there and, and, uh, it's all good. You know, this is the type of stuff that builds your skills as a broadcaster, essentially talking to yourself, which I've been doing for the past 50 minutes here. And well, I mean, I know when I dropped this as a, as a podcast, uh, I'll be talking to someone. <laughs> uh, but it, and, it, and it's summer and you know vacations and whatnot, and that's why PJ's in here. He'll be back next week as uh, the All-Star Game is just a couple of weeks away. I'll be honest with you. The MLB All-Star Game is the only one I even pay attention to, and... I'll sit there and be glued to it. Um, you just look at the other sports. The Pro Bowl. I call it the Joke Bowl. How do I feel about it? Yeah, exactly. It's just it's just touch football. The NHL All-Star Game. That's just a shooting gallery, and the goalies are there for stage, really, when you think about it. And then... The NBA, I mean, to me, the NBA is pretty unwatchable as a whole. I don't care if it's regular season, the All-Star game, or, I mean, the postseason, you know, I I guess. But for me personally, it's just, the NBA is tough because it's just, more than all the other sports, the, the players just seem to be so greedy. I mean, you look at... This whole Kevin Durant thing with with Brooklyn, he wants out. Kyrie Irving, no one wanted him, so okay, I guess I'll take thirty six mil from the Nets. Um, it it and and James Harden and Ben Simmons and uh, Jalen Brunson. Uh, you know where's Donovan Mitchell? Gonna be? It's it's just you know I just the the NBA just eh, doesn't do it for me. Did back when LeBron was a Cavalier. I love those Cavs back in the day. You had LeBron, you had uh, Mo Williams, you had Big Z, Zeldrunas, Lagoskis. Uh, I mean, it was it just was a, a really cool team to to watch, where you had this young superstar with these with these good role players, and it's uh, it just becomes such a superstar heavy league. And the product just sucks. Um, you, you know, it's just, yeah, it's just how I feel. Much prefer college basketball for sure. Uh, home run derby, looking forward to that as well. It's just, there's just something cathartic about listening to ESPN radio, because that's what I do. Uh, ESPN radio, they do great coverage of the home run derby and the all-star game, as well as their Sunday night baseball stuff. Um I heard Marley Rivera on with John Chambi on Sunday as the Phillies were taking on the or hosting the Cardinals. And I got to tell you, I mean, 
Marley Rivera, she's a Yankees reporter for ESPN. And I'm not always a fan of her questions. I got to tell you, though, her and her, her analysis with with Woog Shambi, really, really good. Very impressed. I also learned, fun fact about Marley Rivera, did you know that Eric Bolin, the great Yankee Newsday writer, they're married? I learned that as I was listening to the Guardian's broadcast with Tom Hamilton and the game was, you know, well out of reach. It was game one of the doubleheader. I want to say it was like 12 to four or something along those lines. And, you know, when it gets to that point, you know, much like now, you got to figure out some sort of a way to entertain yourself and entertain any audience that you hope is uh, tuning in. So heard a lot about Eric Bolin, Cleveland boy, uh, and I'll say this too. Uh, happy belated birthday, John Sterling. Turned 84 on Independence Day, July 4th. George Steinbrenner, it would have been his, I want to say his 92nd birthday. Uh, the late owner of the Yankees. And Hal Steinbrenner came out and said today that contract talks with Aaron Judge, nada until the season's over. Which... Frankly, is something he had to say. Let's be real. I sure as heck hope that the Yankees will overpay or do whatever it takes to keep him in pinstripes. Because him going anywhere else, and I don't care where, it would just piss me off to the core. So I'll leave you with this with this one question. If there's a move you want your team to make, what is it? Think about it. Let me know. Don't forget to vote for your uh, all-star team, who you want to see in the starting lineup. I've never voted before. I'm going to be honest with you. I think I'm going to do it. I'm going to vote just for the hell of it and uh, see what happens. So let me know. Facebook.com slash podcast on Twitter. At Swinging Blindly, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and catch PJ and myself every Wednesday evening, 6.30 Eastern, on the ColorCast Apple app. So, PJ will be back in the saddle with me next week. Have a good week. Take care. I'm Blaze Bryant, and don't be afraid to swing for the fences, and I hope you have our mentality of not giving a shit where the ball lands.